get it in amen uh, those of you who are new here and have never experienced uh, my ministry is a little different I'm gonna make you a little bit uncomfortable and I'm gonna push you a little harder amen uh, the Jesus that I serve doesn't know comfort and it's, it amazes me that sometimes we're in church we feel like it's supposed to be this comfortable place the only thing comfortable about church is community but when it comes to relationship, there's nothing comfortable about Jesus. He is one of the most uncomfortable things that I know. When I want to go left, his plan for me says go right. When I want to pick her, his plans for me says, no, it's her. When I want to say that job, his plan for me says, no, that job. So this morning, I want you to lift your hands all the way to the sky. And I want you to do one thing. I want you to go back over your 2018. Look at all the ups. And look at, I feel something in this place. Look at, look at everything that, that went well. Right? Now look at everything that didn't go too well. Look at all of the stuff you had to go through. Look at all of the stuff that kind of stopped you in your tracks. Look at all the moments where you felt like giving up. And I'm here to tell you, you made it. You made it another year. You made it another moment. You made it another time. And it's about time you celebrate the fact that he got you out. It's about time you celebrate that you didn't get stuck where you were at. So when you sing lyrics like, you are the good in me. Those words only mean something when you don't think you're good yourself. The Bible declares that in me dwells no good thing. So you are the good in me. Any wives who have great husbands? Look, they won't even celebrate. I almost got in trouble. Well, you know, sometimes, but I mean, last night, though, he wasn't. No, I'm, I'm talking about you got a pretty good husband. He, he pretty decent, right? Right, right, right? Any husband got phenomenal wives? Like, yeah, like my wife is, is that, right? Can I tell you something? It's God in them. That's the good in them. And when you can't celebrate them for being good, it's hard for you to celebrate God for being good. But God's been good. He's been good. He's been good. He's been good. He's been so good. He's been so good. So good. So good. So I can't get off it until you, you remember how good he's been. He's been so good. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. He's just been good. I don't deserve anything that he gives me. But because he's good, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my comfort. You've never failed me. Come on, say it. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. And I'm still in your hands. This is my comfort. He's 
never failed you. Not one time. Not one instance. Not one circumstance. It may not turn out how you wanted it to, but he didn't fail you. Because every no worked for your favor. Every closed door worked for your favor. Watch this. Man's rejection is just simply God's protection. Every time, every time he closed the door, it was he was looking out for you. That business deal that didn't go through, he was looking out for you. You've never felt me. You've never felt me. Come on, lift that up. You've never failed me. Oh God, you've never failed me. Then when I get real excited, I say stuff like, I've seen you move. You move the mountain. And I believe that I'll see you do it again. You've made a way when there was no way. And I believe that I'll see you do it again. This only counts when you've been in a place and when you tried to assess it, you said something like this. If God don't move it, it won't get moved. If God doesn't do it, it won't get done. This is only something that you needed God to do that only he could do. Thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I hope you're grateful in this room. I hope you're grateful. Grab somebody's hands. Let's go to God in prayer. your neighbor and say neighbor oh yeah I'm black I'm sorry we talk to each other tell, tell your neighbor say uh, what's up neighbor good to see you this morning are you ready for your socks to be rocked wait to them, wait for them to answer you because if they don't say yes you need to move seats you need to check with them. Now, listen now. You need to check with them. Listen, this row is a blessed row. And if it ain't going to be going down on my row, I need to switch rows. Okay? So y'all need to, you, you need some jumpers, some, you need some movers. You need somebody that's going to say amen, preach. You, gonna, you need somebody that's going to stay. I'm gonna, I want you to do it all today. I want you to jump. I want you to say amen. I want you to throw stuff up here. I want you to write checks. I want you to, you know, all that. I want you to do all that good stuff. Amen. Because this is the first, this, you are the first victims of my ministry of, of 2019. <laughs> You're the first victims. Amen. And I'm full. And I'm, I'm ready to preach. Uh, before we pray, I want you to release the hand and do me a huge favor. Uh, you have one of the greatest pastors. And only 12 of y'all believe that. Listen to me. You have one of the greatest pastors. I'm going to tell you why he's great. He's great because he's a great husband. He's great because he's a phenomenal father. Every time I see y'all go on trips, I text him and be like, bro, why you didn't take me? I, he's a great father. And, and more than anything, he's a phenomenal shepherd. Listen to me. So I want y'all to do something that you might not want to do. I want you to act like the 12. And even though he's not here, celebrate your pastor. Come on. Celebrate it. Come on. And a part of him is here this morning. And I want y'all to celebrate the woman who is better than he is. Come on and celebrate the woman of God. Come on. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Are y'all ready for a word? I don't got a lot of time, so I'm going to preach hard and fast. I'm going to sweat really bad. Don't trip. I do it all the time. I'm heavy. It is what it is, okay? Uh, I want you to grab that hand again, and I want you for the next 10 seconds to pray for the hand that you're holding. Come on. Come on, five more seconds. Get that prayer through. You never know what they need. Now, Father, we thank you and we honor you for a moment. We honor you for a moment to be in your presence. We thank you that we were able to be here. That we came here under our own merit. Nobody had to help us come in. Nobody had to push us in. Nobody had to carry us in. But you've been so good that we were able to walk in here on our own. Lord, I thank you from the time we woke up and we took that first breath. It was you blessing us with another opportunity. And this should serve notice to us that you're not done with us yet. And so, Father, right now, God, I squeeze that hand that I'm holding. And I squeeze power into that hand. I squeeze encouragement into that hand. I squeeze love into that hand. And together, Lord, this morning, we will give you our all. Because we in it together and we're going to come out of it together. Now, Father, do something miraculous in this place. Lord, we pray that you would lift the expectation in this place. Lord, I pray that they would never leave this place the same way they came in. In Jesus' name. Now release that hand and just go to celebrating for no reason. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I am indeed grateful to be here this morning. Thankful to uh, Pastor Ryan for uh, allowing me to be here before y'all always. Um, it's, it, it, I'm, I be tripping on how crazy people are to invite me to their churches uh, because I love Jesus a whole lot. And therefore, I love the word a whole lot. And uh, I like to really tear places up. Amen. Uh, I like to kind of set the fire and fan the flame so that when I leave, I pray that when he comes back, he feels something in this place. Amen. He gave me a charge. He gave me uh, an expectation. And I'm so excited that uh, do you, I need you to know that your pastor wants more for you. He wants better for you. He wants to push you out of your comfort zone in this season. He wants you to go harder than you've ever been. Amen. He wants more community, more small groups, more outreach. He wants to touch people more. And if you're here, I need that to be your same vibe. On your job, I need you to want more. Everybody you come in contact with, I need you to tell them about the Parks Church. Every time you meet somebody, I want you to share the love of God with them, especially if they look different than you do. Amen? I believe that God is about to revolutionize the Parks Church. I believe it will not only be multi-generational, but it's about to be multicultural. I believe that God is getting ready to send you a harvest that your pastor has been praying for. And God has to get you ready for those people to come in here that may not come from where you come from. It's quiet in here. He needs to get you ready for those people who may not be your next door neighbors. He needs to get you ready for those people you see sometimes, but not all the time. But can I tell you, the Parks Church is too good for everybody not to be here. Amen. Amen. So I pray that that's your heart. I pray that that's your heart, that's my heart, that's our heart, that's what heaven will look like, and uh, I, he's just getting you ready, amen? I didn't come alone, man, some of my, my crazy leaders came with me, um, so if y'all see people standing up and screaming and shouting and stuff, it's just because we crazy, so don't judge us and stuff, you know what I mean, we gonna go hard, uh, and so uh, I brought them, I'm glad, we came all the way from everywhere, uh, to Melissa, Texas, I think Kendall stays the furthest. She stays like way past Denton somewhere. Like way, 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 way past Denton. 
So she comes hang out with her. And then my beautiful bride is here. Uh, would y'all celebrate my bride? Hallelujah. Amen. With her fine self. That's a little pretty, little sexy self. Never mind. Uh, but I'm so, I'm so excited about this year. I'm excited about you. Excited about what God is getting ready to do. So therefore, I only got a few more minutes left. Open up your Bibles to Psalms. He read the whole Psalms, with, which makes me happy because I only got to read one verse. <laughs> Psalms chapter 103. I am reading from the NIV. It is our custom to stand for the reading of God's word. I told you it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Amen. How many of y'all tired? Y'all tired and sleepy? Amen. Come on, somebody. And the word of the Lord declares, He made known His ways to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. I'm going to read that again. He made known His ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Jump up to six. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. It is my assignment this morning for the next few minutes to preach from this topic. The power of proximity. The power of proximity. Father, right now, show us your glory. Amen. You may be seated. People of God, it is so important that we understand a few things about how we can ensure us having a better year. And not just a better year, but even more so a better life. So many of us have all have our own declarations and plans on having a better year, but we got to understand that there are a few things we cannot afford to neglect. I don't care what your New Year's resolution was. I don't care what your declaration was. I don't care what you, you want to see God do for you and your family in 2019. There are a few things you cannot neglect. Number one is prayer. Okay? It is prayer. You cannot neglect prayer. Prayer. I'm not talking about just individually, but corporately. Okay? There's two types, of two types of corporate I'm talking about. Number one, it is the prayer of your church family. You can't forsake that. Okay? Number two is when you're talking about what you want God to do for your family, as a family, you need to pray together. It got quiet. It's too quiet. Y'all gonna have to be like, ha, hey, hey, I get it. Something, all right? Uh, uh, as a family, husbands, you're gonna have to gather your children and gather your wives at some point and, and have a vision for the family and cover that vision in prayer. Okay, you're going to have to, to, to cover your wife, cover your children, and cover yourself so that we don't look up and we all in church but all on different pages. Few things you can't neglect. Number one is prayer. Number two, you cannot neglect worship. Worship is important because prayer is me communing with God through communication. Worship is me communing through, to God through admiration. Okay, this is God, you've been so good, I worship you for it. What is worship? Worship is showing God his worth. You're worth me lifting my hands. You're worth me saying thank you, Jesus. You're worth me crying out hallelujah. You're worth every tear. You're worth me coming to church. You're worth everything, God. And so I do it as an act of worship. You cannot neglect prayer and you cannot neglect worship. Number three, you cannot neglect community. It is amazing that church people don't like to hang out with other church people. Right? It's like you got your friends and then your church friends. I see you over there smiling. I know it. I, I know it. I, I'm like that too. It's like I got like a group of friends that when we get together, it's a turn up. Like if I'm going to have fun, I know a good five or six people, we calling them. But then I got these, these church friends who 
They don't really like to have fun the way that I like to have fun. And so sometimes it's like, uh, I don't know who, but God uses these, these words in the Bible and he calls the church a spiritual family. He calls the church a spiritual family. Watch this. And the reason why he calls the church a spiritual family is because some of us come from crazy families. Broken families. Divided families. I'm not really cool with my brother and them. I'm not really cool with my sister. I don't know about you. Don't judge me. But everybody can't come to my aunt's house for Thanksgiving. Hello, lights and walls. Because Uncle Bobby don't really like Uncle Lee, and so my auntie don't want none of that drama in her house. So we got to have like four Thanksgiving so don't nobody start throwing food. So what God does is he gives you a spiritual family so that you're not have, you don't have anything missing and anything broken in your life. I'm not close to them, but I'm close to my my community, I'm close to them. You cannot neglect prayer. You cannot neglect worship. You cannot neglect community. And here it is, uh-oh. You cannot neglect spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. The disciples were only disciples because Jesus disciplined them. Right? They followed his lead with discipline. Okay? So, so here it is. One spiritual discipline is giving. Can't neglect it. Right? Now, y'all may not have a problem giving, but here it is. I've got to challenge you. If you're giving what you've always given, you need to give more. Don't throw nothing at me. Right? Some of you, can I, can I, can I, let, let me help you. Let me help you. Uh, 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 tithing is the least of it all. Why is it the least of it? It's the biggest thing. It's the important thing. But let me tell you why tithing is the least. Tithing is the least of it because it's his. And you can't give God something that's his. Right? So tithing is like, if I love Jesus, I live in that principle. I just tithe. Right? But it's that offering, though. It's that extra seed. When, 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 when you get that extra bonus on your church, and you go, you know, tear up the, the restaurant with it. What about sewing it? What about giving it? Because there are people in need. And the Parks Church needs to be able to meet the needs of the people who may not be as fortunate as we are. Amen. If you read your Bible, God talks about giving to charity a whole, whole, whole lot. And the only, the only reason you're blessed is so that you can be a blessing. Amen? It got quiet as soon as I start talking about money. Listen, don't tell me where to put my money at, bro. But the best thing you can do is put everything you have in the hands of God. Certain things you, you cannot neglect. Watch this. When these things get neglected, then your life becomes the sum total of what you have allowed to take priority over these things. I feel like preaching. When you neglect these things, then your life becomes the sum total of what you have allowed to take priority. Watch this. When, when, when you and your wife start arguing, check your prayer life. Chances are we ain't been praying. Right? Uh, 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 I heard somebody say once, um, if you get into an argument with your spouse, if one of you just bust out praying, it'll kill the argument. Now, I'm a pastor, and I've never put that to work, right? Uh, 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 okay, I'm not going to say some of you don't argue, but you have intense moments of fellowship. <laughs> when you're having those intense moments of fellowship, if one of you just break out in a prayer, it'll kill the whole argument. Let me know how that goes. I'm still trying to get there myself. Amen. But, 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 but when you look up and, and there's turmoil in the relationship and turmoil in the home, chances are the prayer is, is tapered off. When you look up and you feel lonely, in a room full of people you feel alone, chances are you've neglected community. God is like, you shouldn't be alone. It's 100 people in your church. 
take somebody to coffee, invite somebody over for dinner, right? He, he answers every problem with a question. You feeling lonely? Where's your community? You're upset? Where's your prayer life? These are simple things that we cannot neglect. It's like when you look up and you're overwhelmed and you have no peace, it's an indication that you have not been worshiped. You've not been in worship because worship is not about you. It's about him, right? So it don't matter if they sing your favorite song or not because you're here and it's for him, you worship. Chances are it's something that's been neglected when there's something going south. We must come to the knowledge that there are no substitutions for prayer, no substitutions for worship, no substitutions for community, and no substitutions for spiritual disciplines. Amen? You can't substitute that. Amen? Now, 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 I want to be honest. Uh, nobody judge nobody in here, but how many in this room can say, yeah, you're right, I need to pray more? See what I'm saying? Right? So I need you to say, you need to be understand, you're not alone. We all be slacking. But it's the top of the year, so it's your perfect opportunity to set some things in line. I'm telling you, peace hits your house when you cover it in prayer. And God is so good that he waits for your response to then respond again. He waits to see what you'll do when you're in trouble. See, watch this. Some of you, when you get in trouble, that's when you want to worship him. When it get hard, then you want to cry. When you, it's like, you know, this turmoil, Lord. We just need you to come into our home. And, and, and God is like, but after this service, let's see what you do when you go back home. There's always something you can change. You can't change it, but you can change you. Amen? Is this good? Is it all right? Watch this. It's imperative to look at how close you've been to God in 2018 and come to terms and say to yourself, my 2019 has to be better. It has to be better. Anybody got had victories in 2018? You had victories? Some stuff like really went down, like good stuff in your life. Only a few of y'all? Right? Like some good stuff. Anybody had a whole lot of bad stuff going on in their life? Right? Then you got to say to yourself, in this year, it got to get better. Even the good has to get better. Right? And so I, I want you to understand that a lot of you are settling for good. Because God has for you great. And so you settle for good. Why? Because great requires something. It requires that you do more and you... You serve more and you give more and you go harder. And, and, and greatness only comes when you humble yourself and realize that I want something more than just good. More than just good. Because God is better than a good God. Watch this. In this scripture, I see this, this, this principle happening. David is singing a psalm to himself. It is a psalm of blessing. David decides to think about the goodness of God, and he utters these words out of his mouth. David decides to look at where he is and look at where he came from. And if you know anything about David, he come from a whole lot of junk. And so David says, the only reason, the only way I came out of that is because he's good. The only way I got out of that bad situation is because he's good. The only reason I'm still here is because he's good. Even though I was messed up, I was jacked up, I was beat up. God was so good that now I'm here and he starts to sing these songs of blessing. And in this particular verse, he says something that jumped out on the page. He says something that really, really wrecked my life. He says to Moses... He showed his ways, but to the children of Israel, he showed his deeds. Why is that important? Because this is a question of proximity. Good God Almighty. 
This is a question of proximity. Uh, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me do me real quick. The black church are more concerned with his deeds. So it's all about blessing and prosperity and what can God give me? Then you look at other people who may have something and may not have something. And it's like, man, we love God because of his ways. His ways are just good, right? It's just like, he's just been too good. Even if he gives me nothing, I can worship him if he gives me nothing. I can worship him if I keep getting no's because no is only a path to a yes. I can, I can keep worshiping him if he keeps closing doors because every time I see a closed door, I realize it's another one about to open. That's why faith is about believing and not seeing because if you see closed doors, you will think that God wants you to only have closed doors. But faith says if it's closed, that means he closed it and I need to go to another door because he's about to open it. He, he made known his ways to Moses. This is a question of proximity. Watch this. Our improvement is tied to our environment. Preach in here, Brandon. Our improvement is tied to our environment. They, they, the, the, the saying goes, if you show me your five closest friends, I can show you where you will be in the next five years. It's like, you're mediocre, but you hang with a lot of mediocre people. Right? Me, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not broke, but I'm like constantly in between blessings. Right? So, I'm not, I'm not really broke, you know what I mean? But it's like, uh, you know, like, what are we eating tonight? We can't eat that. Right? Uh, when we planted our church, we first planted our church, a lot of us, all of our money was going into the church. It was going into the church. It was going into the church. And so, we look up on some Sundays and people are like, hey, are we going to eat somewhere? And we all looking at each other like, yeah, so uh, y'all can go eat, but we ain't got no money because all of our money was going into the ministry. So what we did is we came up with this idea. If everybody could buy one thing, we could always have something to eat at the church. So it was like, baby, now we get the weenies. Some who got the bread? Who gonna buy the chili? Bet we can all eat hot dogs, right? Because... When you're really going for God, it takes everything that you have. And so sometimes, even in my in-between blessing spot, I realize that I have to be around people who cannot watch this. Are y'all ready for this? I'm going to drop a bomb on you. God desires to take some people from I'll pray about it to I can just answer the prayer. Right? I don't want to be the person when somebody said, man, my lights is, is getting cut out. I'm about to get evicted out of my apartment. I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm going to pray with you. I want to be like, how much is it? I have the means to help you answer a prayer. Right? Watch this. People want God, but they never get God because God doesn't come looking like they thought he'd look. God comes with two feet and two hands and Sometimes he's dressed like a big black dude with a big white shirt on and, 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 and glasses and some tight jeans that he could barely move in. Sometimes God shows himself in people. And so watch this. Honor is, is, is how you get access. And so when you refuse to honor people, it blocks your access. This is why you cannot look at somebody and say they look like they can help me. It can look like they can't help you but have everything in them to get you out of your situation. This is why community is important. Because you don't know who you sit next to. Right? Yeah, I would. I'm not going to tell anybody I'm in need. But if we're a family, if you got a need, and I know we can answer the prayer, why not? Why not? 
how improvement is tied to our environment. Think of how important environment was to God. He took all the time in the world to create an environment before he created man. He said, if I just create man and they're in the wrong environment, they won't thrive. So let me make the environment conducive enough before I place them in it. So this is a thing called church. So God thought so much of you that he had it impressed on people's heart that they would get up in the morning, hang pipe and drape, Come and plug in instruments. Come and sweep. Come and clean. Come and get ready for children's church. Because he loves you so much, he wants to create an environment that when you come in here, you don't have no excuses not to give him glory. Right? And every time you complain, the following Sunday, you need to wake up and come set up. Hello, lights and walls. Because it will go faster if we had more people. Am I in the house? I got one clap. That means he must do this every Sunday. This will go way faster if we had more people. What would take three hours can really take one if everybody go ahead and get up out the bed and just go and come up here and start helping. <laughs> when dealing with the creation narrative, I'm ending right here. When dealing with the creation narrative, there's a principle I'd like to introduce you to, and this is what I want to end with. I want to end by giving you a principle. When you live in principle, you don't need miracle. So I want to introduce you to a principle. This principle is called the principle of the place. It is the principle of the place. Deeper church leaders, hear this. It is the principle of the place. Here is the principle of the place. I am not just impacted by who I am, but I'm equally or more impacted by where I am. That is the principle of the place. Can I help you? Marriage exists to get you back to the place. He wants you back in Eden. Sin got us out. So marriage is supposed to get us back in. True freedom in a marriage is when a husband can be naked with his wife. It's when a wife can be naked with her husband. It's when children can be naked with their parents. What do you mean? Nobody feels judged. Right? My... My son came and told me his dad is a pastor. I'm a pastor. And my son came and told me, don't record this part. I don't want him to see it. <laughs> my son came and told me, yeah, dad, I think I'm ready to have sex. And because we have a unit, he knew he could say that to me. And even though I'm a pastor, I wouldn't judge him. Because I realized you getting bombarded by social media, TV, friends, everybody. It's, it's a sexually heightened generation. Is, is that too strong for y'all? Okay, cool. Bet. So, so he comes to me and tells me this. Yeah, Dad, I think I'm ready. I'm like, oh, word? He like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So what does that mean? He said, I just want to let you know, I think I'm going to do it on prom night. And I started laughing. And I said, so I'm your father, right? Yeah. And you know, I, you know I'm a pastor, right? Yeah. You know what I believe, right? Yeah. And then he says, but wouldn't you want me to have experience before I went to college? And I was like, What? And I told him this, I said, you really want to do this, huh? He's like, yeah, I really want to. And I said, so what are you asking me? I want your permission. And I said, son, first of all, thank you for coming to me and telling me that this was something you're thinking about. And because you were brave enough to come to me and tell me this was something you're thinking about, I'm going to grant you with your wish. Yes, you may have sex on your prom night.
He said, are you for real? I'm like, absolutely, bro. Do it. <laughs> you playing, dad? You playing? No, man. You were so bold. I want to reward that, bro. Do it, man. He's like, all right. I said, but I got a couple questions for you. How are you getting to prom? Okay, I got another question for you. Who gonna get you a room? Well, I just figured, if you saying I can do it, you gonna, I said, okay, cool. You can do it. Do it, bro. I just need one thing from you. He said, yeah, what it is? I said, I'm gonna write up a permission slip. And you give this to the girl's parents. <laughs> and if her dad signs on the line, that says you can I'm cool with it he said dad you know that ain't gonna happen exactly forget about it right but I didn't judge him therefore I didn't bark at him therefore any other thing that's that's controversial he don't run from it he'll bring it to me the power of the place I've created a place that he can be honest. The power of the place. The Parks Church is a place where it's not just important who you are, but it matters where you are. And God loves you so much that he drew you to this place. It is the principle of the place. And when I know the principle of the place, then I don't neglect the place. I'm consistent with the place. I give to the place. I pray concerning the place. I fast for the place. The place is priority in my life. These are things you do when you understand the principle of the place. Your home is a place. And because I understand this principle, I, 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 I pray about that place. I don't cause turmoil, I cause peace to be in that place. Do y'all hear me? Children, I don't go outside the boundaries of what that place tells me I can have. Because I understand the principle. It's quite possible that you can follow God and not know him. And this is in the principle of the place. That a lot of times we have people who will come to the place They'll follow God, but they don't know him. Because when you know him, to know him is to be like him. Psalms 103 and 7, I'm done, says, He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the children of Israel. The power of proximity, here it is. Some things you only get when you get close. Some things you only hear when you get close. Some things you only receive when you get close. And if you're looking up and you haven't been getting and you haven't been hearing and you haven't been receiving, maybe you need to get closer. It's a principle of the place it's a principle of the place God thank you for this place for the place hey I see you've been serving every Sunday take two Sundays off I'm going to come set up you take a break I got it Hey, Pastor, I saw that your, your, your truck was dirty this week. I know that you, you work a lot. Can I come by and wash your truck for you? Y'all tripping. Hey, hey, Pastor, I just wonder, is there anything I can do for you and your family? Why? Because I love the place. Hey, hey, come to his wife like, I know you like for your, your nails to look nice. I got you a gift certificate. 
Go get your nails done. Go relax. Go get a massage. Go, go do something. Because I love the place. And when you love the place, that principle will ruin you for his glory. That principle will ruin you for Jesus. You will never want to miss a Sunday. You will never want to miss anything because of the place. You realize that if I get closer to the place, then I'm going to hear some good stuff. I'm going to receive some good stuff. Y'all feel me? What are you saying? Oh, we do come to church all the time. Good. I just want you to start your year off by saying, whatever I did last year, this year, I'm going to do more. came all the way to Melissa, Texas to tell you that 2019 is your year for more. It's your year for more on your job. It's your year for more in relationships. It's your year for more in your church. Come on, lift your hands and receive it. It's your year for more in your marriage. It's your year for more in your parenting. It's your year for more in your school. It's your year for more in your grades. It's your year for more in your dreams. I hear the Lord saying, somebody needs to dream again. You've given up on your dreams. Right now, there's an anointing in this room for dreamers. You can dream again this year. I hear the Lord saying that he's opening up some things for you. He just wants you to, out of your mouth, say, that you want them again there were some things that you kept praying about that never came to pass I hear the Lord saying say it again say it again say it again because this is your season of more it's your season of more it's your season of more I'm going to do a really peculiar altar call slash prayer I've went over my time so I don't know if I can pull you down but I want you to be honest on my way here, I heard the Lord say this, that there is one thing holding a lot of people back from going further. That is anxiety. If you're dealing with anxiety, lift your hand all over this room. I knew it. I knew it. Come on, don't be ashamed. Lift your hands. Deliverance is here. Deliverance is here. You put your hands down. Deliverance is here. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. Right? That's what anxiety is. It is. It is the ability to have control. And, and, and it bothers you when you don't have control. But I want the Lord wanted me to tell you this. The best place you can be in is a place called out of control. Hear that prophetically. The best place you can be in is a place called out of control. It is the place where your will be done, not mine. It is the place where whatever you want from me, God, that's what I want. It is the place where I'm tired of trying to make it all work. God, you make it work. Come on, if that was you, stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. If that was you, stand to your feet. If you lifted your hand, I want to pray with you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anxiety leads to depression. Anxiety leads to stress, overwhelm. You look up and you don't know where it came from. I'm not telling you something I'm thinking. I'm telling you something I know. I know this. How do you know this? It's more of you in here. It's more of you in here. Don't be ashamed. We're family. We're community. Go ahead and stand up. I feel your anxiety in the room. Amen. So I knew it. I knew it. Listen, I want to help you. This time last year, we were going through the worst possible time of our lives. The worst possible time in our lives. And this is the reason why I love your pastor. Because while I was going through this season, he was one of the people that was there for me. We were going through one of the worst possible times in our lives. We had a church of about 150 to 200 people. And when our lease came up, because we were subleasing the building, they wanted to jump our lease up double. We were paying 4,000 a month, they wanted us now to pay 8,000 a month to keep this building. And we couldn't do it. With the knowledge of that, I want, I want to show you something. This was another church that wouldn't help us stay in our building. It was another church 
So we went to the people and we was like, hey, we don't have that. We don't have that, man. We're just a bunch of people who love Jesus. And we trying. We busting kids all the way from Texas A&M Commerce every Sunday morning. I got young people getting up at 6 a.m., driving an hour and a half to Commerce, bringing them back to church, having service, and then driving them back to school. My wife is getting in the van and driving all the way to Denton to pick up kids from UNT. It's like, man, we're just people who love the Lord, and we want to see people saved. Help us stay in this building. It was just like, we can't do anything. We, we, we're done with it. So I had to tell my wife, babe, we have to shut down this church because we don't have nothing else. We don't have no money. We don't have no savings. We don't have nothing. And can you imagine when God told you to do something and it don't work out? And then you have to do something drastic as shutting the doors of your church because we couldn't afford to have it. And there was nobody running to write us checks. And there was nobody running to see how we were doing. In the midst of this, I woke up one morning and my blood pressure was 228 over like 160. I had no idea what that meant. So I go to the, to the doctor because I'm having this crazy headache. And the first thing the doctor tells me is, calm down, you might be having a stroke. And I was like, bro, I don't feel, I just, my head hurt. And he was like, that's why it's called the silent killer. Your blood pressure is way too high. I'm like, well, you know, give me a needle, get, pop, let me pop a pill, I got stuff to do. He was like, no, I can't let you go home. You got to stay here. So they brought in all these IVs and stuff. And I'm like, what are we doing? I came for something else. And the doctor came in and he told the nurse to go out. He shut the door and he said, young man, what is bothering you so much that has spiked your blood pressure so high? He said, I can tell you, you got anxiety. I can tell you, you're stressed out about something. What is it? And I told him, I said, I'm a pastor, man. And I just lost my church. Nobody can imagine what that felt like. I felt like a failure as a pastor, a failure as a husband, a failure as a father. Nobody can imagine what that feels like. To have 200 people that I'm responsible for now like, what are we gonna do? So we said to ourselves, it's only gonna be three, four months at max. And then we're just going to believe God and we're going to get back after it. And that four months turned into a year. And everybody walked away. Everybody left. Nobody called. Nobody brought groceries. Nobody did anything. And we were struggling. And every time the Lord would send me somebody who's like, the Lord want me to write you a $10,000 check, I'll be like, that's what I'm talking about. Then I get a phone call. Some came up. I know I told you I was going to be able to do that, but we can't do it. And then we're right back in the dumps. And somebody else is like, our church want to bless your church. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. They'd be like, well, we can't. Not this time around. I'm sorry. And I was, man, I was out of there, y'all. Deep, dark depression. I don't want to pastor nobody ever again. People will let you down. People will turn their backs on you. I never want to do this again. And I fast forward eight months later, I have this dream. And in this dream, there was a preacher and he was preaching and a, people, a lot of people were running to him. And as they were flocking to him, they started dying. And my son was in that crowd. And I heard the Lord say to me, you got to get up. People are depending on you. And in my anxiety, in my stress, in my worry, in my overwhelmness, I get a phone call and my pastor calls me. He says, go outside. And I step outside. He says, look up. And I look up in there. He said, do you see it? I says, no. 
He said, it's wide open and the world needs you again. Get up out of that depression, son. Come up out of that place. There are people who need you. And with tears in my eyes, whimpering in my voice, I tell my wife, I think we gotta do this again. I think we gotta do it again. And right now, we're in the process of trying to relaunch our church with no money, no funds, nobody's writing us checks, nobody's doing anything. And that is a level of anxiety that comes with that. But the reason why I know God wants you to break free from it because it was this easy for me. I heard the Lord say, anxiety is not bigger than me. Now listen, this is easier said than done. But if you're dealing with anxiety, I want you to lift your hands all over the place. Listen, because I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. And I want to speak this into your life. You have dominion over every thought. You have dominion over every issue. You have dominion over every circumstance. And God wants you to speak to your anxiety and tell your anxiety that your God is bigger. My God is bigger than that. I'm not going to worry because he's bigger. I'm not going to stress because he's bigger. I'm not going to trip out because he's bigger than that. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice that are dealing with this thing called anxiety. I counsel it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. The blood covers you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan has no rule. He has no dominion over your thoughts, over your mind. He can no longer hold you captive. God, I expose it for what it is. Lord, and I pray that you would remove anxiety, that you would remove depression, that you would remove this stress, that you would remove this feeling of being overwhelmed. And God, you would replace it with your peace that peace that surpasseth all understanding and now Lord I pray for the Selah for the glory to be revealed for every person when they walk out of this gym for them not to feel the same way they did when they came we believe it we decree it and it is so and it is so and it is done in the matchless name of Jesus. We pray, amen. As I take my seat, I want to tell you, I have a book in the back. Uh, I wrote a book two years, a couple years ago, and uh, I don't want to take none of them home with me. They're only 10 bucks. This book, man, especially if you're dealing with this anxiety and depression, I wrote a book called uh, Sewing in Silence. And it's a book, the, the reason why it's titled Sewing in Silence is because if you don't come out of it, you'll sow seeds that'll catch up with you one day. And so it's the power of speaking over a thing and being able to declare that God is bigger than that issue, amen? It's, it's only $10 today. I pray that you would grab one, grab two, grab three. I'll sign it for you. I'll pray with you, whatever we can do. But I want y'all to understand that this year is your year for more. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you blessed this morning? Amen. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, brother. It's always a blessing to have you here, and I'm so glad everyone in here was able to experience this service, and I pray that you've taken something, that you aren't leaving here the same that you came in, just as Pastor Brandon prayed, and he spoke to us today. So thank you uh, for being here. I'm going to ask Pastor Brandon. He's going to move back to the back and be back there for you if you want to talk to him after the service, if you want to talk to him about his book. Um, he's got... Uh, one of his volunteers there that can talk to you about it and you can purchase that book back there on your way out. Uh, I encourage you to do it because it will bless you just like this morning blessed all of us. 
Uh, I want to pray for us as we conclude our, savior, our service together. And then I just want to remind those that are here for host home cooking coordinator meeting. We'll be next door for just a few minutes, a quick meeting to talk about next week. Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you today. I thank you for the community that you've established here in Melissa, this Parks Church that you called into being, and that you continue to bless each week. And I pray, God, in this year that you would do something mighty that only you can accomplish and nothing on our own doing. But it would be your hand at work in our lives and our families' lives first and then in the lives of our neighbors, our community, our city, and beyond. I thank you for the word you gave to us through our brother Brandon this morning. And I pray a blessing on him, a blessing on his wife, a blessing on his family, a blessing on his friends, and a blessing on his new church. God, would you create your church through him, and may it be something that sees lots of souls one to your name because of your faithfulness to him and his faithfulness to you. Be with us as we go from this place, and may you be the vision of our sight in our schools, in our work, in our families this week. May you be the thing that we look at. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Every knee will bow, every eye will see. Thanks for listening to the Parks Church of Melissa podcast. We meet at 1030 Sunday mornings at Melissa Middle School, and we look forward to seeing you there soon. The Parks Church, for the city, about a person.